0: You're listening to a Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com.
1: If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're
2: looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't
3: ask on the Savage Lovecast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Dan Savage, and you are listening to the Savage Lovecast podcast. The once a week out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. The number here, if you want to record a question for a future podcast, 206-201-2720. If you're a new downloader, uh, here's how it works. People call me, they record questions, I listen to them, uh, I give answers, sometimes I call people back. We have a gas. Let's get to the calls.
4: Hi, Dan. I am a 23-year-old, mostly straight female, and I have a conundrum. The background to this is last year when I was a senior in college I began a flirtation with a friend of mine, um, who was a non traditional student, he was older, he was thirty, and married with a kid and he in the process of our conversations revealed that he was in an open relationship and we talked a little bit about it and it was sort of unclear what that meant, um, but we kept flirting, and then when I revealed my interest in BDSM, he sort of started scratching me a little bit and pinching me all in public places, um, but that escalated, and we ended up fooling around a bunch of times. It was wonderful and hot, um, but after each time, I would become a little bit uncomfortable about his life and press him on what exactly were the terms of his open relationship, And each time it was a little bit unclear, and I wasn't really satisfied with the answer, but was very attracted to him and so kept on. Um, But he graduated a semester early, and a couple of times I saw him in the spring semester, I just decided it wasn't worth being with him Um, just because I felt uncomfortable with how his open relationship was so undefined. Um, And then in the fall, this fall, I sent him an email, just check in, see how he was. And he sent me back a very long email about how his wife had fallen in love with someone else in the process of their having an open relationship and how this had caused this big epiphany for him. And they got back together and were monogamous. And he had questioned his whole role in life and wanted to be a good father and a good husband and all of this stuff. And I was like, okay, whatever space you need, whatever role I can play, just let me know. And he didn't respond. Um, until about a month ago when I friended him on Facebook and he responded with a message that was bizarre and just sort of called me beautiful and he was thinking of me and, and then I responded and then he responded and now our messages on Facebook, which is ridiculous, um, are becoming progressively more sexually graphic, explicit. Um, and I guess I'm just sort of wondering what your general take is on my role as a third party in this. Um,
3: what do I what are my ethical obligations? Basically, <sighs> I'm laughing. I'm rolling on the floor. What's your role in this besides stalking? Besides you're a stalker, besides you're the other woman and you don't want to feel like you should have to take responsibility for the behavior that you're actually engaged in, which is you are in hot pursuit of a man you know is married, of a man you know is trying to be monogamous, of a man you know damn well did not have any sort of functional, healthy, open uh, relationship with his wife. Um, When someone says they're in an open relationship and they're vague about the terms and you don't actually get to speak to the partner that they're in the open relationship with, they're not in an open relationship. I I remember once asking a guy – who's a friend, if he and his boyfriend uh, were monogamous. And he said, yes and no. And I looked at him and went, yes, he, he is. No, you're not. And that's exactly the truth. Like it was, They were monogamous so far as one of them knew and not so far as the other. Your uh, little piece of 30-year-old college man meat there, he was in an open relationship, but his wife wasn't, and his wife didn't know that her husband was in an open relationship. And you know it. You goddamn know it. So stop pretending like you're, you know, just innocently friending him on Facebook, innocently sending him check-in emails, innocently saying things like, whatever space you need, whatever role I can play. Like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? That means uh, you can have me. You can cheat with me. I will commit adultery with you. And this faceless person, this wife, this mother of your children, I don't give a shit about her. I just want the hot fucking monkey sex. And if that's what you want, do it. But, you know, have the fucking decency to own how indecent you're being. Oh, I'm just an innocent college and I'm only 20, whatever, however fucking old you are. And, you know, I, he just keeps sending, I keep sending him these messages and I innocently friend him on Facebook. And now, oh, here we are exchanging increasingly explicit emails on Facebook. Blah, blah, blah. This isn't a meteor that hits your house. Right? You're not the victim here. And I'm not saying you're the victimizer, but you're like making this happen, and he's making this happen. And you're a horny, you know, 22-year-old girl, and you're his piece on the side. And uh, you should admit it. Uh, and your role as a third party here is you are the other woman, and uh, the wife is the wronged party, and you damned well know it.
5: Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 20-year-old female, and I started dating this man who I think I'm falling for. Um, the problem is that I am currently and have in the past also dated men for profit. I've been, I've been dating for many and,
2: um,
5: this gentleman that I'm seeing is not, not one of them. And I'm wondering if this is something I should, I should break to him or if, uh, I should just keep quiet. Hope he never finds out about, um, my friends. Most of all of my friends know about this and he's a, uh, pretty conservative boy. So, um, really don't know what to do on this, so um, advice would be appreciated. Thanks, Dan.
3: Hey, Alice, it's Dan. I just listened to your call.
1: Hi.
5: Thanks for calling me back.
3: uh, You're welcome. Um, You know, I'm not one of those people who believes that honesty is always the best policy. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes a beautiful relationship uh, is built on a firm foundation of lies and deceit. I
1: know. And I've been listening to your podcast for a while, and I, I hear that theme come up. That's my concern.
3: <laughs> but I'm not recommending lies for you. Okay. Because the odds that he will find out are staggeringly high. If all of your friends know, and this wasn't something you—it sounds like it's something you weren't ashamed of, and mm-hmm. you didn't skulk around doing. And so it's sort of part of your public record. It's not like you know you went to grad school in London for two years, and rents were so high that you worked in a you know domination <laughs> studio or as a call girl, and nobody on earth that you're ever going to run into ever again. Has the drop on you about it, right? In that case, you might want to omit that detail Mm -hmm. about your sexual history. Right. But if you leave this weapon in the hands of all your friends, which is what it becomes, you know, the minute you have a falling out with a friend, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: and they know that you were, you know, engaged in prostitution at some point in your life, and they know that, you know, your boyfriend or perhaps your husband at that stage, perhaps maybe even the father of your children, doesn't know. Mm hmm they can push the button for you. Right. To wound you and to destroy your life. And don't think that your friends aren't capable of that. Uh-huh. Well,
1: I'd like to think, you know, we'd all like to then. think our friends aren't capable. <laughs> uh,
3: mm-hmm. You know, and you know what our friends aren't. It's the people we thought were our friends who weren't who are capable of those sorts of things. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, only time will tell uh, which of your friends are actually your friends and which, are the ones, uh, which were the ones you were mistaken about. Mm-hmm. So you can't leave that kind of weapon just lying around for someone to wound you with or wound him with.
1: Right. So how do I, do you have any suggestions on how I go about that then? Well,
3: what were the, I mean, just generally, what were the circumstances? Was it survival prostitution? Was it I wanted a coach handbag prostitution? Um, it was uh, a little
1: bit of both. I, uh... Kind of got in a living situation where it's like I'm not going to be able to afford um, rent or my uh, bills if I don't um, find another source of income. And it's mm-hmm. not like I was out, you know, walking the street, it was you know, compensated dating. So it's not
3: compensated dating that's a great new euphemism. <laughs> I actually haven't heard that before. How do you find a compensated date or a compensating date?
1: Uh, Craigslist,
3: with? Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would call that prostitution myself, but we can. No, it's, call not, it it's not. not like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not like. It's not like what is it? Escort services. It's not like that. I I would post on like uh, casual encounters or even uh, women for men, you know. And it's you know these guys take me out for dinner or to a show, and then they're like, and how about a little allowance or whatever? Let's take you shopping too. So.
3: Okay, well, yikes. Um, but was there like, you know, the blowjob is 100 and the full intercourse is 2
1: sorts of? No, it was. I never named a figure. It was. I, I wasn't comfortable with that. It's whatever they were comfortable with doing. And uh, we'd go out on dates Does this and make... I might not get anything. And the next time I'd maybe get, get double or something.
3: Okay, so this is a little more complicated than just, uh, you know, I hung out a shingle with my ass on it. Right. Because you could argue that, you know, you were just, you went through a slutty phase and you let men buy you shit. Yeah, but there
1: was definitely cash.
3: And involved. give you cash. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's complicated, it's complicated dating slash prostitution. You're making my head explode. Um, Sorry, I, 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 I think you should tell him. Okay. Just because if he can't handle this detail of your sexual history... Mm-hmm. It, you're setting up the relationship for failure and you're unfairly withholding something from him that he kind of has a right to know, particularly since he's going to find out yeah. sooner or later. If your whole social circle knows that you're doing this mm-hmm. and he becomes a part of your life, you can't hide it from him, so you might as well out with it. You can wait a couple of months where he you know, gets a real taste of... Who you are, and you know sees for sure that you know sees that you're not like a hooker and you're not after him for money, and uh, you know maybe he ha- perhaps develop some feelings for you so that when you do tell him he can weigh the person that he now knows you to be and the feelings he has for you against this detail, and then revisit his preconceived uh, notions about prostitution or sexual conservatism.
1: Okay. Because then how do he has to you to
3: decide whether he's going to keep you or leave you over it. And you, need, mm-hmm. and you might want to let him really get to know who you are before you present him with that choice. But you do right. need to tell him at some point.
1: Okay.
3: And how do you recommend that I, that I present that? How, how, how do you present uh, that? Yeah. God. Uh, <laughs> if I were you, mm-hmm. I would say I wouldn't use euphemisms like compensated dating. It was a time in my life where I couldn't afford the things that I needed I couldn't make rent And I went on Craigslist uh, And did some You know, saw some guys for dough Mm -hmm. And were you safe? Yeah Be sure to include that little detail I was safe It was for a limited time only Do you regret it? No And I don't regret it Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say But I thought you had a right to know Because I respect you And uh, dot, 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 in parentheses, I couldn't keep it from you anyway, so I thought I'd uh, try to make telling you look like a virtuous stand as opposed to uh, Mm -hmm. something I was compelled to do. Right. And it might end really badly, but you know what? Then he's not the dude for you. He's the wrong guy. Yeah, that's probably true. And don't, you know, sometimes people's sexual conservatism is a posture. You know, you might tell him this and then he might uh, respond with some details about his sexual past and history and interests that shock you that you didn't see coming. This might be... Because it's possible. uh, It's possible. It might be a way to initiate a conversation about who you both really are sexually.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Because sometimes people who appear to be sexually conservative when you first start dating them, you know, they're the ones with the goats under the bed.
1: Oh, well, that would be exciting.
3: (laughs) Have you ever actually been near a goat? No. <laughs> They're not that exciting. <laughs> kind of smell bad.
1: Well, it's just this poor boy is so vanilla. It's, uh, it'd be nice to find some flavor.
3: How long have you been dating him? About two months. Two months. Wait another month and then tell all. Okay. And thanks. then call us back and let us know how it went. Okay. And if we don't hear from you in a month, we're going to call you back and find out why you haven't told him yet.
1: Is that a promise?
3: That's a promise. Okay, thanks, Sam. Talk to you later. All right. Bye.
6: Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 24-year-old straight guy, and um, I had an etiquette question. I was in a bar recently, and I was talking to a guy there who was very nice, and I thought he was going to ask for my number. Just, I thought I was getting that vibe. Uh, he ended up not. Um, but I was wondering, is there a certain etiquette for... Um, when someone of the opposite orientation um, asks you out. Because I don't want to just say no, because the only, the main reason, obviously, isn't anything about them. It's just, can you, can you, can you just say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not gay? Um, or is there a more tactful way to put that?
3: When a gay guy asks out a straight guy that he doesn't know uh, to be straight, I'm sh- most gay guys would rather hear, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm straight, because... Uh, It's a rejection uh, without any fault. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're rejected because you're not attractive enough or you're not uh, dressed well enough or your ass isn't tight enough or your abs aren't rock hard enough. You're rejected because you're just the wrong sex. No fault of your own. Nothing to be done. So, uh, you know, if you're in a bar and a guy asks you for your phone number and you like him and you've been chatting and uh, flirting, you little scamp you, uh, the thing you can say is, hey, I'm happy to – give you my phone number if you just want to call and hang out sometime, but you need to know I'm straight. You just need to be direct about it. Um, You know, for a 24-year-old straight guy, you're kind of a... balls, you're kind of scrotum-y, kind of weak and vulnerable, and you need to be strong like pussy and just tell the truth.
7: Hi, Dan. I'm a 19-year-old bisexual female. I've been doing a very bad thing, and uh, I feel really bad for it, but I have been faking orgasms when we've been having sex. Um, It started because I was a virgin, he was a virgin. I had no idea what I was doing. He had no idea what he was doing, and I just kind of wanted it to be over. Um, But it escalated from there. As you say, it always will. Um, Now the relationship is ending. Um, He's been away for too long. I just can't really deal with being alone here. I was wondering... Should I tell him? Would it be better in the long run if I tell him? Or am I setting him up just for a giant emotional crisis if I do? <laughs> and if I should tell him, how do I tell him?
3: Hey, Jane, it's Dan. I just listened to your uh, call, and I wanted to ask you a follow-up question or two here.
0: All uh, right, Hi, Dan. Hi, how are you? I'm good
3: Um, Uh Sorry to call you at work and talk about the most intimate details of your life but Um, So why do you want to tell this guy now that you faked all those orgasms? That's really uh, the crux of the matter It depends whether you should tell him or not It depends on your motives
0: Well, I feel like he's always been really eager to please And um, he's always kind of he usually goes once for himself and then goes again just for me, quote unquote. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of feel bad that I didn't step up and tell him that it wasn't working out. So I guess that's kind of a little bit of guilt.
3: And why? Didn't, I, why didn't you? If, it's, was, if he was eager to please, if he was try, doing this for you, why didn't you say, "Here's what you need to do"? Um,
0: I don't know. Um, I've always been really nervous and really kind of, um, reserved in talking about what I want out of a relationship, which is one of the reasons why this one really isn't working, Mm -hmm. um, both, you know, like, physically and emotionally, so, um, really, I wasn't having a problem with it until I started listening to your show and, um, started (laughs) hearing about how, you know, it'll make them feel, you know, not as good with their next lover, so expect them to orgasm every time.
3: I don't were you know, I guys guess- having vaginal intercourse and you were faking orgasms during vaginal intercourse without any additional clitoral stimulation? Yes. Okay, well, I would hate for you to run up to him and say, ha ha, guess what, all that stuff that I led you to believe was working for me, I I wasn't coming at all, I was faking it. Because that can, you know, shatter his self-esteem that's very wounding, and it's cruel. Um, If you present it to him that way, if you present it to him as something you did wrong, you know, as you're settling accounts as this relationship ends, because you're both young. Yeah. And he should know. He should need to know this. And you can get a, you know a get out of douchebaggery free card for this because you're <laughs> young and shy and inarticulate about these things, and it sounds like it's one of your very first relationships. Yeah. And if you can present it to him in a way that's sensitive, and that it's a heart to heart where you take responsibility for something you did wrong to him. Yeah, You but... misled him, and you you know out of courtesy to the women who are going to come after you, hopefully come after you. <laughs> And also, you know, to make things right with him, you need to let him know, uh, not that, you know, he failed, he fucked up, but that you led him to believe that what he was doing was working, and it wasn't, didn't for you, and it won't for most women that he encounters. Uh, most women, 75%, that's the number everyone always attaches to it, 75% <laughs> can't come just from... Getting fucked. They need uh, one of their own hands on their clit, or they need a vibrator down there, too, or mm-hmm. they need his hand on their clit, or they need to be eaten out, but they need direct, intense clitoral stimulation, and the clitoris is not inside the vaginal canal. All right. And, yeah. he, you know, you can just direct him to this podcast, and you can hear us talking about it, <laughs> if you don't have the guts to, like, say it all to him, but he needs to know that, and you know, we talk about the campsite rule here at Savage Love, where when you have a younger lover, it's your responsibility to leave them in better shape than you found them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that do- that doesn't just apply when it's an older person with a younger person or a more experienced person with a less experienced person. It also applies, you know, when you're with a peer and you know something that you feel as you leave the relationship that they should know, All right. for the you know for the good of their future relationships. And if you can present it to them in a way that's like, I care about you, that's why I'm coming clean.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be the the hard way to get it across, but Alright, thank you very
3: much. You're welcome, but you should you should fucking do it. Don't don't <laughs> Okay. And then have like goodbye sex where you walk him through exactly what needs to be done for you to get off.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a plan too.
3: <laughs> Good luck.
0: All
7: right, thank
1: you. Bye.
5: Um, Hi, Dan. This is uh, a 23-year-old female, and um, I recently got into a really huge argument with an acquaintance um, over um, the fact that um, young girls post nude pictures of themselves um, and videos on kind of these amateur porn websites. Um, And I just made a fairly innocuous comment um, to which he replied that um I quote, I think self-expression is big if that's the way they choose to do it, then more power to them besides nudity is only faux pas in North America. Um, to which I I replied that I thought it was a bunch of nonsense and that I thought there were better ways in which young people could express themselves. And um, that there's fairly very little creativity involved in um, maybe pointing a camera at your private parts and then posting them online for millions of people to see them. And um, I've also lived in Europe, and I can um, agree that although nudity, it's not a big deal in Amer- um in, in Europe as it is in America. Um, in no way is it. It's done in a more helpful way, I think. So um, I would just like to know, um, I mean, I guess who's right in this situation. Um, I argue that, you know, even though these these young people may be um, legal in terms of, you know, their, their legal rights, they may not be emotionally mature to handle everything that comes with it and with sex. And I know that when I was 18... You know, I've done some questionable things that I regret now, or I would have done more questionable things that um, end up being regrettable. So, um, yeah, I'd just like to know where where you stand in um, all
3: this. I was, uh, I have insomnia, and I haven't slept for a couple of days, and last night I had nothing else to do, so I went on one of those... uh, websites where people post nude videos of themselves and you say that there are young girls posting nude videos of themselves out there and I didn't actually run across any of that um, not a single one maybe I was at the wrong website saw so lots of uh, videos of uh, young men however um, men who are young not uh, youngsters who are males uh, and you know I do think that people have a right um, to do with their bodies what they'd like to do with their bodies including and that includes when they are young adults. Um, so I want to fall on the side uh, of your friend here, um, although I wouldn't use the highfalutin language that he's used. You know, I think self-expression is a beautiful thing. You know, he of course he thinks that because he can whack off to it. Um, I think the online amateur porn scene is kind of liberating uh, because everybody gets to be a porn star who wants to be a porn star, uh, and that's really uh, what it comes down to. You get to be a porn star if you want to be a porn star. No one is. Uh, Hopefully, um, being coerced into posting this stuff, uh, a lot of what you see out there on things like X tube, uh, and porn tube, uh, is clearly, uh, solo videos, people making stuff all on their own and posting it because they want to show off, um, and they like the attention, um, and it arouses them, uh, And they should have a right to to go and do that. Now, I agree with you, however, that a lot of people when they're young aren't thinking clearly about the consequences. And I think there are a lot of people out there who are throwing stuff up online who don't realize that it will forever be a part of their permanent record and that their parents may be stumbling around online and come across it, Uh, hopefully not literally come across it, but come stumble upon uh, junior or uh, their daughter's. Videos and that could be traumatic for all involved. Also, an employ, a future employer, your future spouses, future children, uh, you know, the opposition, uh, you know, uh, opposition researchers for the campaign of your opponent when you run for president in thirty years may all stumble across it too. Uh, However, so many people are are posting these videos. So many millions of people are uh, exposing themselves online with their profiles and all their their online diaries and people's blogs and dirty videos and erotic pictures that I think we're going to reach a a point of critical mass where it's not controversial in 10 or 20 years to have done this because so many people have. Um, Still, uh, I do want – I do wish that more people would think about the long-term consequences where they throw a bunch of stuff up online. It can seem like a gas uh, just to do it. It can certainly seem like a gas sometimes to, to look at it, but uh, there are potential downsides that I agree with you. A lot of people who are young may not be thinking uh, long term or fully aware of what all those downsides might be, which can make the whole amateur online porn thing feel a bit melancholy and weird. And, you know, as a viewer, you can feel a bit complicit sometimes in other people's self-destruction when they're posting shit online. But usually those feelings of melancholy uh, and ambiguousness and uh, complicity uh, don't really wash over you until after you've rubbed one out.
6: Hi, uh, Dan. uh, um, My name's Juan, and I am in a new relationship um, with a significantly younger woman uh, who's seems to be uh, a little less experienced than me. Uh, I'm kind of into light BDSM. There's a lot of trepidation that that she's bringing to our uh, um, lovemaking sessions about that, so much so that I backed off completely, um, uh, and I, I've talked to her about maybe reintroducing it later uh, when we you know, have dated longer. Um I want to know how to go about doing that. when is a good time to do that um She seems open to the idea of you know going more gradually into it um um but uh, i'm I'm wondering if you know how how to do that you know without making her feel bad um uh, um i probably want to you know add there that uh she had has been the victim of of uh, of rape and is a self-described feminist. If you could, I don't know, maybe give me some advice, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks.
2: Hello?
3: Hey, Juan, it's Dan. Wow. The Dan Savage? (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry, I'm a little Star Trek. No, it's one of of the spare Dan Savages from the Dan Savage Clown College. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Good. How long have you been dating this young woman?
2: Um, uh, we're in our second month
3: Second month And, and how Just vaguely uh, In increments of five years How big is the age difference? Ooh
2: um, uh, Let's see She's 23 And I am 35
3: Okay I asked for vague Just to like sorry. help protect your anonymity But uh, <laughs> what's your social security number one? <laughs> well she knows I'm calling So it's okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay um, Here's the thing Uh You know, you could just not be sexually compatible, which is something you might want to think about now before you're, you know, when you're only in for a penny um, and out of pounding. Um, There are plenty of people out there who are victims of rape, um, you know, and self-described feminists who are into BDSM and domination and submission, and Mm -hmm. totally healthy about it, and, you know, they don't identify it with their victimization because it's something that they're in charge of and they're in control of giving up control or, you know, giving somebody else control, uh, and it's totally consensual, and consensuality makes it not rape, whatever it is that you're doing in bed, and non-consensuality makes it rape, whatever you're doing. In bed, um, so it's entirely possible that the, you know we sh- that we could separate these issues and talk about you know her you know her having been the victim of rape or survivor of rape, whatever you should call it, um, and her disinterest and her discomfort with your uh, kinks.
2: Well, uh, let me first say um, uh, I don't know if I said this in the in the message or not. Um, she's had a couple of flashbacks while we were doing the you know. Um, of white bread sex you know and uh, and when we did um, I was I was good at recognizing it and and backing off and allowing her to have space mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, as far as and and that's one of the reasons I think that you know if we ever do you know to get to the point where you know we, we we do the kind of kink that I like
3: um, that what if you can never get to that point Can you be in a relationship with someone who isn't able to go to these dark places with you or not?
2: I'm not certain that I necessarily need it. I I, I know that I like it, but I think I'm more... I don't. I mean, I can get off without it. I don't necessarily need it to turn my crank. So, uh, does that make me not sexually compatible with this? Fantastic no, no woman? not
3: necessarily. <laughs> you know, it, it's not about whether you absolutely require it to get an erection or get off. Right. Um, it's about you know whether it's about thinking now as you date this woman who has a history of sexual being sexually abused and has had flashbacks during pure vanilla sex. Odds are that you know her growing to a comfort level where she can engage in sex play that has some you know lack of control drama about it without flashing back a problem may be pretty slim so I'm not saying you can never get there right well, uh, and I'm also not saying that if you can live without it you shouldn't date her but you just need to be honest with yourself about whether it's something you're willing to sacrifice for her because odds are you may never be able to do it with her well
2: cheesy is the kind of thing that you might be able to tolerate, but not necessarily ever really
3: like I don't think I could have sex long term you know in a long term relationship uh, with somebody who could only sort of grit their teeth and bear it, whatever it is I wanted or I enjoyed most doing with them. Hmm. I would find that to be kind of a libido killer after a while, hmm. And it's a way sometimes for someone to edit your sexual interests. Say, okay, we can do that, but just so you know, I'm hating it. Eventually you stop asking for it, because you don't want to put your, somebody you like or love through that, right? Right. I'm not saying you shouldn't stay with her. I'm not saying you shouldn't date her. I'm just saying you need to know that if, uh, you know, the price of admission to be with her long term, if that's where this relationship goes, maybe never getting to do this stuff with this person,
2: person well, you um, love. Another question: uh, If um, um, if we do want to work it in gradually, is that possible or not?
3: It's possible. I'm just saying it may not be probable. Uh, it's co- you know, anything's possible. She could, you know, grow fins and a unicorn horn out of her I suppose <laughs> that's possible too. I'm sure. But you need to listen to what she's saying to you. Okay. Um. I, I yes, I should listen
2: to her. Um. Wow, you've given me a lot to think about, Dan, and I, I, I appreciate I appreciate your calling. You're welcome. I thanks, Talk thanks, to later. thanks so much. Hi, right,
6: hey, Dan, and um, Tech Savvy at Risk Youth. Uh, my name's Dave. I'm from Seattle. Um, just wanted to give a personal thanks to uh, well, you, Dan, first and foremost, and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth for the Savage Lovecast, which uh, does wonderful and beautiful things for everyone, including me, whose uh, girlfriend came home uh, this week after being greatly inspired by the love cast and decided to just pull my pants down and start giving me head while we were watching television after dinner and for that. I can never repay you.
3: What do you mean? You can never repay me. I have a television. I have dinner and then watch television. I have pants. You can pull them down. Thanks very much for your call. It was very sweet. And, uh, props to your girlfriend as the kids were only too recently saying, uh, I love uh, to hear every once in a while that we actually helped somebody out, and uh, that's it. <laughs> uh, the tech savvy at risk youth and i are all sitting here blushing uh 206 201 2720 is the number here if you'd like to record a call for a future podcast or just uh, share a happy story with us uh, you download us every week at the slash savage i blog every day at thestranger.com stranger.com uh, at slog the stranger's blog and uh that's it i'm i'm blushing tech heavyat at risk youth. they're also blushing yeah they're totally blushing and we'll be back at you next week with another installment of the podcast